Let us turn in God's word this morning to Psalm 71. Psalm 71. read this in connection with the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 49, which treats the third petition, Thy will be done. Psalm 71, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holden up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength Faileth. For mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him. Persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation, and thy power to every one that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who hast done great things, O God? Who is like unto thee? Thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles shalt quicken me again and shalt bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise thee with the psaltery and even thy truth, O my God. Unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou holy one of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul which thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame that seek 
my hurt. Thus far we read God's holy and inerrant word. May God bless the reading of his holy scriptures unto our hearts. It's on the basis of what we have read in Psalm 71 and many other passages of scripture besides that we find the instruction of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 49. Question 124, which is the third petition? I will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That is, grant that we and all men may renounce our own will and without murmuring obey thy will, which is only good. That so everyone may attend to and perform the duties of his station and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels do in heaven. Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have seen that in the model prayer that Jesus gave unto his disciples, Jesus was giving instruction unto the church about how we are to pray unto God. Prayer is the chief part of gratitude that we owe to God, giving unto him thanks for the salvation which he has wrought through Christ his Son. And so now Jesus Christ in this model prayer is instructing us as to how we are to pray. The opening petition concerns God's name which is different than our names, hallowed be thy name. The second petition pertains to God's kingdom, thy kingdom come, which kingdom is not physical, but which kingdom is spiritual, the rule of God's grace in the hearts of his children. This morning we turn now to the third petition that Jesus teaches us to pray, and this petition regards God's will. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. A short petition, thy will be done, but not an easy petition to make. For what if God's will is that we suffer? What if God's will is that we endure hardship, chronic pain for the rest of our lives? What if God's will is that there be an Esau in the family. A difficult, difficult petition to make. Requires utmost humility to go before God's throne of grace and petition him, thy will be done. We'll consider this third petition under that theme, thy will be done. First, praying what? Second, praying 
why, and third, praying who. Who is it that makes this petition? So we begin by considering what is the will of God. And now more specifically, what is the will of God for you? For all, that's what we are interested in, is it not? What is God's will as God's will applies to my life? There are times where one can spend considerable length of time and energy seeking to discern what is God's will for me. Especially that's the case, is it not, when we have to make a decision in life. A significant decision in life. Then the Christian wanting to make a decision that is glorifying unto God seeks at that moment in his life to make a decision that is in accord with God's will. And so the young adult who is preparing for life after high school petitions God to reveal unto that student what is thy will for my life. Should I enter in the workforce? Should I further my education? Is it God's will for me to marry? Or God's will for me to remain single? And then as we make those decisions as a young adult... That's not the last time then that we're faced with these difficult decisions, but that continues into adulthood. Adults face this question, what is God's will for my life? Should I continue working at this job? Or should I seek a different place of employment? Should I continue living in this home? Or should I move to a different home? Or even move to a different state, a different area? There are difficult decisions that must be made with regard to the health and the welfare of children. How do I rear up this child? Does this child need further help? Does this child need to go to the doctor? Caring for the elderly. What is God's will for my father or my mother? Do we need to seek further help to care for dad and mom in old age? What is God's will for you? God oftentimes is not pleased immediately to reveal what is his will. We say that we are seeking to understand the will of God, but does it not oftentimes feel as though we are wrestling with God as we seek to understand what is His will for us. We feel at times like Jacob who wrestled with the angel of the Lord all night long, who refused to let go of the angel of the Lord until at last the angel of the Lord blessed him. That's how it feels to us at times as we seek to understand God's will. For the reality is God's ways are beyond our ways. His judgments are a mighty deep. 
God is the infinite God, and we are finite creatures, creatures of the dust. So because we are dust creatures, it is very difficult for us to understand what is God's will for us. Because it's so difficult for us to understand the will of God, at times it can be a very frustrating time for us. We're not always so patient as God slowly reveals unto us what is His will. And we can become impatient during that time. We can become upset at God that He has not already given unto us this answer which we have been seeking and for which we've even been praying unto God that He would reveal His will unto us. The frustrated individual might become so discouraged that after a while he imagines he's not going to seek God's will anymore. If God is not going to make clear what is His will, then I am going to go off on my own. The frustrated individual might conclude. Or perhaps one is proud very proud and imagines that his will is better than God's will anyways. So why bother seeking to know God's will? Ephesians 5 verse 17 Wherefore be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. God's will When we speak of God's will, generally the idea of God's will is very simple. It's this, it's what God wants. It is God's good pleasure. It is what Jehovah desires. The essential students are taught that our God is a personal God. Unlike the gods of this earth, the false gods, our God has desires, he has wants, he has feelings. Our God is capable of having feelings of love. Our God is love. Our God is capable of being grieved. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. The will of God, then, simply put, is that which God wants or that which God Desires, Just as we as human beings have wants and desires, so our God. As parents, we want what is best for our children. We want our children to be holy. We want our children to be blessed of the Lord. And so it is then that our God, who is our Father in heaven, has desires for us, His covenant sons and his covenant daughters. God's will, God's desire for his children is that they be blessed, that they be holy, that they be upright as he is upright. And yet God's will is not the same as our will. There are distinctions between God's will and our will. For God's will is all-powerful. Our will in comparison is weak. 
How often is it not the case that we want something, we begin to pursue that particular thing? Maybe it's a new hobby that we're seeking to learn. We start out, we have lots of energy for that hobby, but then after a while we lose enthusiasm for that hobby, and after a while we give up on it. But in distinction, the will of God is powerful. It's not as if God desires something, but then is helpless in executing his desire. But God's will, we say, is efficacious. God always accomplishes that which is his desire. When we speak of God's will, it can be helpful for us to make a distinction We can distinguish there is on the one hand the will of God's decree, and on the other hand there is the will of God's command. These two both belong to the will of God. They both are what God desires. They both are what God wants regarding his people, and yet there is a distinction between the two of them. The will of God's decree is this. It is God's eternal, God's unchanging plan for all of history. It is God's counsel. The will of God's decree is what God has determined will happen. And so belonging then to the will of God's decree is the creation of the heavens and the earth. God determined, it was God's will, his desire, that there be heavens and earth, and so God spoke, and the heavens and the earth were shaped. Belonging to the will of God's decree is that the serpent would come in the form of, would come into the garden and would tempt Adam and Eve, and that they would fall into sin. Belonging to the will of God's decree is that God's covenant would develop from one generation to the next generation for thousands of years throughout Old Testament history until at last then the seed of the woman, which is Jesus Christ, came into this world, battled with the seed of the serpent, and conquered the devil. Everything that happens throughout history happens according to the will of God's decree. But then as well, there is the will of God's command. Closely related to the will of God's decree, but the will of God's command is this. It is synonymous with God's law. The will of God's command is what God requires of His people. What does God want? What is His desire? It's this. Your sanctification. Your holiness. And so God comes to his people and reveals in his holy law the will of his 
command. What is God's will? It's this. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor father and mother and all the rest of the commandments. That is God's will. Man might not like the will of God. Oftentimes we do not, by nature, like His will. Pharaoh did not like the will of God's decree that that angel of death would go throughout Egypt and would kill the firstborn sons in the land of Egypt. And yet Pharaoh was powerless to stop the will of God's decree. Jonah did not like the will of God's command when God told him, go to Nineveh and preach against that city. And yet even Jonah had his will brought into conformity to the will of God's command. And so we pray in this petition that we would be given strength to renounce our will. That's the language of the catechism here. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That is, grant that we and all men may renounce our will and without murmuring obey thy will. Whenever there is conflict between the will of man, what my desires are, and on the other hand, what the will of God is. It is the duty, the calling of the Christian to renounce his will and obey the will of Jehovah God. Renounce means to abandon my will, to let my will go completely. We are not asking here in this petition to improve upon my will. We're not asking that slight changes be made to our will. But we are asking here that our will be renounced. That there be a complete surrendering of my will so that I can be in conformity unto the will of Jehovah God. And then as well, we are asking in this petition that we would perform God's will. And without murmuring, obey thy will. We must not imagine as we make this petition that we're asking God, thy will be done so that I don't have to do very much. Thy will be done so that I can be passive. After all, God is the all-powerful, the omnipotent God. After all, God is the one who efficaciously accomplishes his will, so perhaps it's best that I simply do nothing. 
No, that's not what we're asking here when we pray that thy will be done. But rather, may I renounce my will when my will is in conflict with God's will. May I surrender my will and may I obey God's will. And so this is a petition then that God would strengthen our hands for the calling that he has given unto us. It's a prayer that we be given the ability to resolve or have the resolve to persevere in our labors. It's a petition that we would not be easily discouraged and dissuaded from fulfilling the callings and vocations that God has given unto us. It's a petition that God would fill our hearts with hope and trust in Him. After all, that is the will of God, that we would hope in Him. Psalm 71, verse 5, For Thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust, from my youth. It's a prayer that we would grow in our sensitivity to what is the will of God. It's a prayer that our hearts would more and more be softened so that we can walk according to the will of God's commandment the law that he gives us. It's a prayer that we would not merely hold ourselves to the standard of other people on this earth. We're not asking here that we would be held to the standard of the world. But we are asking in this third petition that we would be held to the standard of the angels in heaven. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. As faithfully and as diligently as the angels in heaven carry out the calling that God has given unto them, so we beseech Almighty God that He would work such obedience and faithfulness in us. Thy will be done. Why do we make this petition? In short, we make this petition because man's will by nature is fallen. And because our will is fallen, we do not like God's will. Assumed in this Lord's Day is total depravity. Assumed in this Lord's Day is that man's nature is bent against Jehovah God. That we are obdurate in will, rebellious in our mind. Assumed in this Lord's Day is that we do not naturally love the law of God, which is the will of his commandment. Assumed in this Lord's Day is that it is difficult for us to renounce our will. If it were not the case that we were totally depraved, then 
the catechism would have been worded differently. Then the catechism would have been worded, improve our will. If it is the case, as the Pelagians assert, that we are not totally depraved, but there is some good that can be fallen and found in fallen man, that man has the ability to choose by nature that which is good, or man has the ability to choose that which is evil. If that were the case, then the catechism would not have said, grant us strength that we might renounce our will. But because of the fact that our nature is totally depraved, that every thought by nature that rises up within us is contrary to the will of God. That's why we must make this petition unto God. The Catechism calls us here without murmuring to obey God's will. Without murmuring. And that teaches us here that renouncing our own will is not just about our outward activity, But this is something that needs to happen in our heart and in our soul. Do we in our hearts let go of anything that is contrary to the will of God? How hard this is for us to do. How is it possible for us without murmuring, to submit to God's will when God's way for us is very narrow upon this earth? What if it is God's will that I become old and lose my strength as the psalmist confessed in verse 9? Cast me not off, in the time of old age, forsake me not when my strength faileth. What if it is God's will that there be many adversaries in my life and that those adversaries seek my hurt as the psalmist confessed in the 13th verse? Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. How is it possible for us to renounce our will and without murmuring obey God's will if our adversaries are not just people in the world? Our adversaries are not just people whom we rub shoulders with at the workplace. But perhaps our adversary is found right in the context of our own home or in the covenant community. And now I must delight in the will of God. What if it is God's will that a loved one be removed from our family through death? What if it is God's will that a family member is diagnosed with illness 
disease, cancer. How is God's will good in that? We are called to have a proper attitude in submitting to God's will. does not mean for us as Christians that we fail to recognize the difficulty of God's will for us. The Catechism is not saying that we must be blind to the burden, the weight of the difficult road that God has determined for us. We can and we do acknowledge the difficulty of God's way. A psalmist confessed in Psalm 77 that God's way is in the sanctuary and God's way is in the sea. And His footsteps are not known to us. There are times where God by His rod and by His staff leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. And the Christian may and the Christian does acknowledge that reality. We are not saying that the will of God is light. We are not saying that there is no difficulty experienced in the will of God. We acknowledge that. As well, having a proper attitude in renouncing our will and obeying the will of God does not mean that we may not speak of the difficult lot in life that the Lord has given to us. As one reads through the Psalms, you see repeatedly the cries of anguish that arise from the heart and the soul of the psalmist. And so we do speak of the burdens which come as we submit unto the will of God. We speak, first of all, unto our Father in heaven as we pour out the cries of our soul unto Him. And then as well, as God has placed us in the context of a church, Speak to the neighbor about what are the burdens that God has given unto us. And yet, as we acknowledge our burdens, and even as we speak of these burdens, we do not complain of these burdens. But without murmuring, obey God's will. The only way that we will be able without murmuring to obey God's will is when we understand that God's will is good. Always good. And without murmuring, obey thy will, which is only good. That God's will is good means that morally and ethically, God's will is upright. God never desires anything that is unrighteous. That God's will is good means that God cannot desire that which is evil. God never desires anything that is contrary to His own being, which is just and upright. That God's will is good means that any good that is found upon the face of this earth comes from 
God's will. It is because God's will is good that there is found on this earth justice and righteousness. It is because God's will is good that there is found here below grace and mercy. Everything that is good has its source, its origin in God's will, which is and always is good. The way in which we as God's children are able to behold the goodness of God's will is only when we see the will of God in light of the cross. There at Calvary, the goodness of God was revealed unto His people. There God used what man would call evil, and which was an act of evil. And God used that act of evil for the good of His people. Wicked hands took God's own Son, tied him to that rugged tree and crucified him upon the cross. Blood was on those wicked hands for that crime that they committed of killing God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. But God used that which was evil for the salvation, the redemption, the preservation of His own people. God's will is good. Seek then, beloved, the goodness of God's will as His will is revealed in the Holy Scriptures. The world will never teach you about the goodness of God's will. That the only place where one looks to see the goodness of God's will is the world and the instruction of the world, then one will never be satisfied with the goodness of God. Turn on the news. And what is the news filled with? Sad report after sad report. So much of what is found on social media does not speak of the goodness of the Lord. But where is the goodness of the Lord's will found but in the Holy Scriptures? God is good in His creation of you. God shaped you exactly according to His will. Psalm 71, verse 6, By Thee have I been holden up from the womb, for Thou art He that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of Thee. If God gave unto you what we would call a handicap, a disability, an infirmity, then God is good in that too. God willed that there be crookedness 
upon this earth so that in the judgment day, God can take that which is crooked and make it straight. And then every tongue will confess that Jehovah is Lord. Who makes this petition? The Catechism says that we do. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven that is grant that we may renounce our own will. We who are redeemed with the blood of the Lamb, who have been anointed with the Spirit of Jesus Christ, who have been quickened so that there is spiritual life within us. It is only possible for we, who are God's children, ever to make this petition. The man of the world never will make this petition. The man of the world filled with pride and haughtiness of heart believes that his will is more important than anybody else's will upon this earth. And so the man of the world turns his thoughts inwardly and is consumed with thoughts about how his will can prosper and succeed. He might even become ruthless in fulfilling his wants and his desires. It does not matter who is hurt, who is injured, or who is cast to the side, as his will is sought after. It is only the person who has been filled with the Spirit of Jesus Christ who is willing to make this petition, not my will, but thy will be done. We make this petition as we follow even in the example of Jesus Christ. The holiest of persons prayed. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. We who have been brought into the church by the work of God's grace, who are given the safety of belonging to the sheepfold, pray that God's will be done. We who are so slow to acknowledge the sovereignty of our God, who can so easily become disappointed and frustrated when God does not more quickly reveal unto us His will, we learn to pray, Thy will be done. We and all men, the Catechism teaches, grant that we and all men may renounce our will. Grandfather, that my children may learn to renounce their will. Grant that all of the members of the church may be concerned not about seeking their own advantage, but about the promotion of the glory and honor of God. Grant that all men, even those who have not yet been brought into the 
church may come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. To make this petition requires humility, an emptying of one's self, a surrendering of one's own will, a trust, a confidence that God's will is best. For His will is only good. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, Thou art the one who dost sweetly and powerfully bend the will of Thy children, the one who dost transform us into the glorious image of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, the one who does make us to be vessels of honor fit for the Master's use. Thou, Father, work in us day by day that we might renounce our will where our will is in conflict with Thine. Wilt Thou grant us faith that we might trust in the promises of Thy Word. And wilt Thou graciously forgive us our sins For Jesus' sake, amen.